Hello and welcome back to the PKJ and Yahweh podcast, where this week we are releasing chapter three of The End. I really have continued to enjoy all of your support. Thank you for the comments, for the shares on social media. Once again, if you don't know where to find me outside of Spotify or iTunes, go to Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. You'll get a lot more information about me and this book and other content. I had always hoped, but never really expected, I suppose, to see such a great response. And so I feel really blessed, feel really encouraged, and thank you again. Every like, every five-star review, every comment really encourages me. So thank you for helping me continue on with this project through to completion and to see it get into the hands and ears of those who God's called me to release it to. And you can help me do that by simply, even right now, if you're at a red light or maybe you're listening at home, just open up your phone on the Spotify platform or iTunes platform you're listening to it and just leave a, a good review. It would really help me out. Thank you so much for helping me spread this book with others. And without any further ado today, we're just going to jump straight into the episode. Thank you and God bless. The End, Chapter 3 And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Mark 16, 17 and 18. What the actual frick was that yesterday? The next day, first thing in the morning, I was back in Pastor Scott's office. The gaping hole in his exterior window had been temporarily boarded up from the day before to shut out the elements until the glazing company could make it out for the replacement next week. I began helping him organize the books on his bookshelf when I finally broke that awkward silence. I mean, I've heard of that kind of stuff happening in unreached villages and people groups in Southern America. Shamans chanting, dancing while floating several feet in the air, challenging the missionary to a God showdown. In that story, the minister simply said, in Jesus name. And the shaman, along with his fellow witches, fell to the ground. But I mean, when I hear those stories, though I believe they're likely, it's just so hard to process seeing it. This guy, though, just felt different. You've trained me up in deliverance stuff, but I've never come across anything this severe. A bit distressed, I verbally processed my thoughts with Pastor Scott. <laughs> well, the thing is, Yishi, and uh, what about what that man said to me? Did you hear him? Was he threatening my wife? What did he say? You lost her? I had interrupted Pastor Scott for probably what was the seventh or eighth time in a row while trying to work through the whirlwind of events over the last several days. My conversation with Tara over noodles, my weird radio signal coming through, and now this. Thankfully, Pastor Scott's middle name is Patience or at least it should be. I don't know how he manages to just let people ramble on forever and ever, talking in circles, while keeping track of everything being said, to then, upon completion of my self-diatribe, have the wherewithal to give a complete answer that both rebukes my bad thinking, but lifts me up like a champion in the same sentence. As my pauses between mutterings grew longer, Pastor Scott found a gap in the on-ramp of my monologue injecting himself into the one-lane highway of our conversation. Uh, you know, Pastor Kevin, Satan is a manipulator and a liar. He knows every fear that you might respond to, familiar spirits, anxieties, and family history too. And with the level of influence and leadership you carry to these young people, you are a target. And we can't afford to have any areas of compromise in our life. 
you know, when we come against principalities and powers of darkness, all kinds of evil spirits, they will accuse us of every vile and wicked thing, just hoping to shake you from your confidence in the sufficiency of Christ's work on the cross. Make you by any means doubt your salvation, sure, but really, they're terrified of your anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. These evil spirits are driven out by the authority you have in faith. But if they can shake you, they can shake your faith. And they have the upper hand, even though you have all the power. I continued to sweep up the last bits of broken glass, choosing to be silent as I didn't want to interrupt Pastor Scott's flow. I really felt like he was tapping into the answers I was looking for, all while telling me to stop overthinking it all. I chomped down on a strip of duct tape while tearing off a few more lengths to seal up the temporary covering on his window, keeping my mouth intentionally busy, causing myself to not interject further into the conversation. Pastor Scott grabbed an old drummer's throne from his office and sat down by the bookshelf in order to continue organizing his collection of artifacts, which he had collected from around the world during his time as a touring musician, missionary, and minister, holding in his hands an African Maasai warrior club known as Arungu which is designed for killing lions as a rite of passage, just one of the many gifts he received abroad as an international demon slayer. Moving a few items aside, he carried on, saying, Kevin, I don't know how long it'll be before Christ returns. I believe it'll be within our lifetime, though. But we may not all be there to watch the sky open up as Christ descends to take us all home. I know I'll see you on that day, whether it's on this side of glory or riding beside him in the heavenly hosts. But the word of God is clear, and Jesus warns you and me that we will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and the kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up for tribulation and kill you. <laughs> and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because of lawlessness will abound, and the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. At least that's what Matthew 24 tells us. I felt his words punching me somewhere deep in my soul. I just want to be a youth pastor, I thought. Encourage kids to follow Jesus, have fun, host epic summer camps with an unlimited pizza budget. Revelation 2 tells us about the church in the last days, Pastor Scott went on to respond, commending them for enduring their hard work and perseverance. But Kev, he goes on to rebuke those that are enduring, surviving, and preserving, saying they had forsaken the love they had at first. He considers them as fallen, even though they still professed and believed. You see, their fallenness wasn't on account of sin or rejection of God or maybe turning to false gods. It was based on obedience unto the commission of Christ. The angel warns them to repent and do the things they did at first. Share the gospel, baptize, make disciples. If our Christian walk becomes more about survival and self-preservation than about proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ and making disciples then Satan has already defeated you in your faith. We can't let our love for people die. Even when the world rejects us, we must not only survive, but proclaim his coming until the day he calls us home. Hey, Kev. Melissa sheepishly cracked the door open, not wanting to disrupt the deep conversation that I was having. 
However, knowing that whenever I meet with Pastor Scott, my sense of time goes completely out the window, just like his demonized prayer ministry clients, apparently. Sorry for the interruption, but you've got a podcast with Ryan from Alaska in less than five minutes? Oh, shoot. I started patting down every surface and pocket, looking for where I had set my phone down, when Melissa reaches into the bookcase, pulling out my phone from what must have been a hole to another dimension, in which her hand successfully phased through into another reality, snatching my cell from its clutches. Or as my wife would say whenever she found something I had lost, If it was a snake, it would have bit you. Handing me my phone, I could see all my alarms and reminders I set were making every attempt to notify me of my upcoming appointment. But through silent vibrations and a gentle flickering off the screen, I had set it to do not disturb. Dang. Sorry, Pastor Scott. I gotta run. I I was supposed to start setting up for this recording about 20 minutes ago. This was about par for the chorus, feeling like I was going from one emergency to the next, just putting out crucial fires. The truth, however, is I was the cause of a significant quantity of said emergencies and fires. As someone once told me, Poor planning on your behalf does not necessitate an emergency on mine. I think I got everything plugged in for you, but I'm not certain. You'll have to double check it. Melissa assured me, though it's not her expertise to navigate podcasting studio equipment, the effort she made was genuinely thoughtful. (laughs) Well, hey, don't let me hold you up. I'm proud of you, Christian. We'll chat again soon. Pastor Scott sat back down into his chair, giving a small affirmation via the nickname Christian, just reminding me of who I am, a Christian a follower of Jesus Christ, and as such, I've been equipped with and have access to all the resources needed for a virtuous, victorious life as I continually lay mine down to be Christ-like. Need anything else from me before you get started on your call? Melissa asked as we walked back across the hall. No, that's all. I'm just going to finish up here, record this episode, and see if I can get it set up to automatically release for me on Monday. If you want to take the rest of the day off for an early start to your weekend, you can. Especially given the consideration that I'm putting all the workload on you next week. Gee, thanks. Off an hour early. You truly are a benevolent dictator. Melissa snickered as she grabbed her work bag out of my office. That's right, and don't you forget it. (laughs) Vodka. Boatloads of it. Wait a minute, let me get this straight. You consume gallons of vodka for health reasons? No, sir, I do not consume the vodka. I only swill it around in my gums a bit to absorb the benefits of the chaga tinctures. Okay, so take me through this then. You don't drink the vodka, or any alcohol really, but you buy it in bulk and you're using it for medicine without drinking it? You got it, bud. So chaga is a fungal conch. It's a parasitic growth that grows on birch trees, resembling burnt charcoal in appearance. I let the chaga sit in grain alcohol for about two weeks or so. Then I strain the alcohol from it, go on to make tea out of the chunks with water, and keep boiling it down over and over, reducing it to concentrate the goodness while pulling everything out I can from the chaga. After sucking everything out of the chaga chunks through the alcohol extraction process and then the tea reduction, I combine the grain alcohol and tea together for double extracted chaga tincture. If I want to drink the tea just made from the chunks, no alcohol, but for the tincture, I just put about 30 drops under my tongue and swill it around. No need to swallow it. Spit it out. All right. So this kind of sounds like grandpa's cough medicine, bro. Know what I mean? Doesn't sound like it's anything more than a slight buzz from microdosing grain alcohol. So you got to break this down for me a little bit more to understand. Yeah, man, I get it, but that's not how it is. 
The alcohol simply extracts the medical benefits of the organic material better than boiling in water alone. And if you think about it, aspirin is just willow tree bark processed with salicylic acid, or at least that's all it used to be. Now Big Pharma puts whatever they want into it. Plus, where are you planning on getting any medicine in the coming days with skyrocketing prices thanks to inflation? And eventually, you and I won't be able to just walk into a store and buy anything. It's the end times, bruh. The world won't take kindly to those who won't take the mark of the beast. All right, now we're getting into it. I wanted to get talking about your perspective of what's taking place in the world today. In contrast to your understanding about the end of the world, according to the Bible, as you see it, well, where do you want to start, bruh? We have so many avenues we could go down on the Day of the Lord stuff alone. Not to mention the woo-woo-wee-wah stuff about CERN, so-called quantum intelligence, opening the portal between the quantum realm and our dimension, which they did once already in 2012, which sent us into the last days in the first place. Okay, oh, whoa, hold on a sec there, man. We for sure should try to do a couple of different podcasts if you'd like to go down each of those avenues. They'd be fascinating discussions. But being my audience is largely teens and young adults searching for more clarity on biblical truth as it pertains to our life, let's keep the focus there on the day of the Lord. All right, cool, man. But uh, would you just give us a taste of what you mean by CERN already did this in 2012? In an elevator speech fashion, you know, quick, sufficiently to the point, but leaving us hungry for more as we step off at our destination on the next floor. You got it, bruh. So the briefest way I can connect your audience to that, which has already taken place at CERN, and how it not only has affected your life today, but set the world on a ticking time bomb to our ultimate demise, which won't be natural calamity, but supernatural destruction of the earth, plagues, and total renewal of all things, would be to ask them if Curious George has a tail. The Monopoly Man, a monocle. If you remember Jif Peanut Butter is being labeled as Jiffy. To answer you, no matter how you remember it, bruh, today there is no monocle. Curious George is a tailless monkey, which makes no sense at all. And there is not a Y in your peanut butter. In 2012, CERN powered up their Large Hadron Collider to slam particles together in search of the God Particle, recreating the Big Bang event under a microscope. These scientists were messing with forces beyond their control of understanding, and they discovered what is now called the Higgs Boson Particle. But what really happened here? Well, according to the Mayan calendar, it said the world would end in 2012, and the world we knew did. Three weeks following the discovery, the sun shot out the largest solar flare in over a century, missing the Earth by a matter of inches in astronomical terms. Had it hit Earth, it would have caused trillions of dollars in electronic damages, not to mention the collapse of our economy that runs entirely on electricity, at least until we could get the power up and running again, if we could. However, since then, we've also been seeing repeating solar flares that keep assaulting our Earth with EMP-type effects. Do you remember in 2020? Or maybe it was 2021. It seemed like every Walmart and box store suddenly was filled with pallets of smoke detectors on great sales prices. In that same week, people all over the U.S. suddenly had strange behavior coming from their smoke detectors, going off at home, dying out, or blaring for no reason, or otherwise becoming unexplainably faulty overnight. But no one thought anything, because who tells their friends and neighbors their smoke detector died? However, it happened all over the world, where these solar flares struck the Earth, disrupting extremely delicate radioactive material that's found inside the ionization chamber of smoke detectors. You see, smoke detectors contain a small amount of americium-241, it's a radioactive material. And when smoke particles disrupt that low, steady electrical current produced by those radioactive particles, it triggers the detector's alarm. 
That's how they react quickly to fires that give off little smoke. That's also why they blew out in large clusters across the globe as these radioactive solar flares overloaded the delicate flow of energy being produced. But did you see anything on the news about it? Of course not. However, someone somewhere knew exactly what was going on as the stores were suddenly amply supplied. Well, at that time, our understanding of the mechanics of how gravity had an effect on a quantum level were theory at best, and the result of plowing forward in scientific advancement just because we can and not stopping to ask whether or not we should, there was a rupture in the universe's quantum gravitational bond that kept our most probable realities at its core. For all of us, spiraling into ever-inserting improbable events which removes us from the certainty that our planet will live on. But that now has fractured its timeline of sorts and is headed to its demise. Or for us in Christ, it's a renewal where all things are complete. In an attempt to end this elevator speech, how can you assess the insanity of those perspectives for yourself? Well, at first, there's the Bible, which we'll discuss in the parts up next regarding the coming day of the Lord. But a simple science project you could do for yourself is search out the Mandela Effect, named after Nelson Mandela, the first president of Africa. And if you went to school in the 90s like we did, you grew up being taught about what he did for the African people, being imprisoned and ultimately dying in the 80s. People weeping and wailing in the streets, news reports all over the world of his death, candle vigils, streets filled with people to mourn his death and commemorate the impact he had on not only the African people, but the world. Then, suddenly in 2013, we learn of Nelson Mandela's passing on December 5th of 2013. Not in the 80s as everyone remembers. And to add more data to the mix, he would have been 95 years old at the time of his death, having been born in 1918. This is where a little critical thinking goes a long way. Not that it's a rule for everyone that's a South African individual, but in typical situations, in 2019, the average life expectancy for the South African male is only 64 years old. And in the early 80s, when we all knew he was in prison and died, that expectancy drops into the 50s. So how does a man come back from the dead in the future and have a history of works produced online to read on Wikipedia, live twice the life expectancy of the average South African man in normal conditions, except his were not normal, he was in prison for nearly 10 years, and the mass of the population knows for a fact that they witnessed a different reality, one featuring his death. Unless our worlds of potential realities are crashing together. The extreme wickedness that has been hidden from our reality is being thrown in our face at an alarming rate. The meta-narratives are falling apart, and the gathering of all creation for that day of judgment is coming together. Spirits, demons, angels, principalities, and powers of darkness, it can no longer hide in darkness, but now reality as we thought we knew it has become unhinged, and we are adopting this new reality. And what I need to do is to be ready. As God has been patient, not wanting that any should perish, but that all might have a chance to turn and repent and be forgiven of their sin, but he won't wait forever. And you can be sure that your sins will find you out. Wickedness will grow darker, and what seems impossible will become a reality, and we will witness all kinds of transhumanistic hybrids plaguing and afflicting mankind, metahumans, and creatures designed to torment but not kill. And we gotta endure to the end, bruh. It'd be as if the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Yo, bro, 
I can't even keep up with some of what you're saying. Notwithstanding that the elevator ride we were on must have been going into the deep underground military bases where they keep the alien greys and Bigfoot. <laughs> I think I'm just going to leave most of what you said alone and let my audience pick it apart and choose how to unpack it on a later show. But let's continue to our perspective about that scripture you quoted from Matthew 24, 37 to 39. I believe it goes as the days of Noah were, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days of Noah, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall be the coming of the Son of Man be. Yeah, man, I got a few more minutes we can take on this before I got to handle some projects out here. I didn't realize how quick time flew. I know we've covered a lot of topics to some degree. Right, I know. I'm going to have to go and buy myself some vodka and make some of those natural remedies we talked about in the first hour. Do you think you could send me some of those, uh, do you call them recipes? Of course, of course. I'll text you my note on it right now, bro. Awesome. Whoa, thanks. You really meant right now. <laughs> eh, well, you said you didn't actually drink the alcohol, right? Right, you don't have to. Some people do, but that's the problem. Some people become alcoholics, too, in the endeavor to improve their health through natural medicine. It's best to swill it around your gums and spit it out. Reduce the load on your liver and risk of addiction or abuse, especially if someone is predisposed to it. Also, it makes it safe for your kids to take, too. Wait, what? My kids? You serious? Yeah, bruh. Most cold medicines have alcohol in them. What do you think makes them go to sleep? <laughs> but this, you just absorb what you need through your gums and spit it out. Which is great for kids, considering natural reaction to taking medicine is to spit it out anyways. <laughs> oh man, do you know how frustrated I used to get when my kids would be sick? And I'd be trying to give them cold medicine or some sort of antibiotics and watch them spew it all out? My oldest daughter can still hardly swallow a pill or take liquid cold medicine today. And she's married with kids. <laughs> it's probably a trauma thing, honestly. I can't imagine that her being the firstborn, I handled it perfectly. Watching her spit sticky meds all over her clothes, the carpet, and my face, I should probably call and apologize for being frustrated. Anyways, sorry, Mad. Love you. <laughs> right. Well, if we were to sum up what my opinion regarding the day of the Lord is and the end of all things, what it will look like based upon the Bible, people think we're going to be raptured out of here to avoid tribulation. But the way I see it, we ain't pulled out of here until the judgment of all mankind and angels takes place. He blows that trumpet, and the few that are left alive will be called up, the dead in Christ, and then the rest of us, and then judgment comes. Whenever you read scripture about how the coming of the Son of Man will be like a thief in the night, it always is immediately preceding and instantly followed up with the sudden destruction of the wicked. It's a two-part action taking place right one after the other in no time in between them. Check this out. 1 Thessalonians 5.2 For you yourselves know that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Verse 3 For when they shall say, Peace, safety, and then suddenly destruction cometh upon them, and they shall not escape. But we, brothers and sisters, are not in the darkness that the day should overtake us as a thief. 2 Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt away with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein all are burned up. It goes on in Revelation 16.15 Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them into a place in Hebrew tongue called Armageddon. Matthew 24, 36. No one knows when Jesus will return, but for that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not angels of heaven, but my Father only. 
So how is the coming of the Son of Man going to be? Well, verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until that day when Noah entered into the ark. Until that day, Noah entered the ark. They didn't know that the flood was gonna come and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Bruh, it will take the wicked away. Verse 40 goes on to say, Then shall be two in a field. One shall he taken and the other left. Two men shall be grinding with the handmill. One will be taken and the other left. So bruh, who's being taken? Who's getting left? 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's because they are with him already, and they will be with him when he comes back. Verse 17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we forever be with the Lord. Take a look, man. I'll land this plane here. The book of Revelation, chapter 7, verse 1 through 8, if you read it, it will show you the remnant that is alive and remains, the 144,000 sealed. Then verse 9 to the end of the chapter is all of us dead for not taking the mark of the beast. Regarding the wrath of God, Revelation 11:14, the seventh angel, seven meaning perfect and complete, the last one, it says the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of the world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Then verse 18 says, the nations were angry and thy wrath has come and the time of the dead, that they may be judged. This is the first resurrection, the marriage, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroys the earth. And over to 1 Corinthians 15.52 In the last moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The beginning of that chapter takes us through the seven angels with seven trumpets, and the seven last plagues filled up with the wrath of God. The church is not appointed to wrath. We are out before the seventh trumpet, just before the vials of wrath are dumped on the earth, bruh. That is so much information in a short amount of time. I'm going to have to literally go back and take notes on it all just to respond to you. <laughs> I get it, man. It's all good. I came prepared with a little notes in my Bible and tabs to navigate it quickly for the sake of the show and efficiency. Thanks for that, man. But let me check with you. So this whole survival stuff, endure to the end. What's the point of enduring, striving, and surviving in the woods somewhere if we're just waiting to be killed anyway for our faith in the last days for not taking the mark? I mean, I see the list of the 144,000, and I'm not in that either, bro. <laughs> when we can't buy or sell anything on account of the mark, I want to ensure that I can feed my kids, have some medicine, and not just lay my life down, man. Yeah, but what's the point, I guess? I mean... Yeah, I don't want to just sacrifice my wife and kids if by any means I can save them. Of course. But where's the centrality of the gospel at that time? We are called to endure, but we're also called to proclaim and preach the gospel, right? Jude 1.23, I think it references it. 
and of some have compassion, making a difference. Then verse 23 says, and others save with fear, pulling them as if out of fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. So it's talking about even in the last moment, no matter the cost or severity of the message, desperately convincing your fellow man to follow Jesus up until that moment, thus nearly snatching them out of hell and into heaven, even as Jesus did with a thief on a cross who was guilty, a sinner, but in his last moments acknowledged Jesus as Lord. And as such, it sounds like he was one of the first to walk with Christ in paradise. As Jesus said, surely I tell you, today you will walk with me in paradise. That guy was headed to Sheol, headed to judgment, but was arguably the first convert into Christianity being forgiven through the blood of Yeshua Jesus, acknowledging Christ's sinless sacrifice, asking Jesus essentially into his heart saying, will you remember me? Is there room in your heart enough for me, Jesus, a sinner who deserves to be up here on this cross? And he was comforted by the words of Christ, immediately covering over all of his sin, not even acknowledging that this thief deserves punishment or is a wicked man, but instantly places his own blameless identity upon him, assuring that they will be together. Where he goes, the thief, once sinner, now son, is invited to follow. Bro, the other guy on the opposite side of Jesus, who didn't repent, went from torment to eternal damnation. And this is what will happen on that day unless we preach the gospel. I believe that even in our last breath, we can't be found just surviving but serving. Yeah, man. I just can't thank you enough for making time to connect again for another episode. It's my pleasure. Glad it worked out too. Some weird stuff has been going on out here in Alaska and I've got to set up some new trail camps. The spots I've been foraging for the raw materials needed for my tinctures have been getting ravaged. I'm not sure if I'm just getting competition out here or if some new critters have moved in the neighborhood. Considering it's only about one person per square mile of land out here, I can't imagine it's a new neighbor. Whatever it is, it's been tearing up my gear and crops, something fierce. Which is weird, since it's almost the end of October, and most critters are already denned up and hibernate. And all of them garden pests that eat up our vegetation typically leave our winter radishes, rutabagas, chard, and turnips alone, as they burrow themselves under the snow, waiting for the spring to come alive again. Have you had issues in the past like this? Nah, man, not like this. I'll wake up in the morning and find my stuff stolen off my porch, which boggles my mind since the nearest neighbor is 15 miles up the road. It ain't like nobody's walking through the neighborhood like you guys back in the city. Porch pirates following delivery trucks around just to lift the packages off your front doorstep. Heck, if me and my family just up and died, it would take a few months before my neighbors even started to wonder what's up. Come out and discover what's left of our bodies. Well, that's pretty morbid. Yeah, sorry, man. I forgot most of your audience is younger. It's all good. A little exposure is necessary. God knows the homeschool moms and dads shelter them from anything remotely PG-13. <laughs> All right, well, now that I've instantly alienated 90% of my audience by calling them out like that, this has been PKJ and Yahweh with my guest, Ryan the Bushman. We'll see you again soon. Man, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed chapter three. Before you cut out, I just want to give a shout out to my friend, Ryan. Uh, if you go look for him on TikTok, you'll find him as Dead Hidden. He used to be Ryan the Bushman. 
he was really an inspiration for some of the content that you found in that podcast. That, I'm not saying everything I said is his theology or his basis. However, he was the inspiration for the character. Be sure to go check him out on TikTok or on YouTube. He has some really interesting insights and a powerful worldview. In fact, I interviewed him on this podcast a few episodes back. So be sure to go and check out that episode where you can get more information about that's all we have for this week. So thank you again for sharing this. Thank you for giving us a like, posting it on social media, tag me in it. You'll be able to find me at kevin.scott.johnson. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I am so excited for next week's episode. Honestly, it's one of my favorites so far. All right, that's all I have to say. God bless.